Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, welcome back. Well, hello. And how are you? I'm doing well. Was, I'm sorry I couldn't join you last week. <clears throat> yeah, it was kind of a bummer. Like, I love, I, you know, it's daddy, right? Um, it just, it feels unusual running a show without without you your co-host at my side yeah 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 no uh, f- real talk it was a lot of fun um it, it was a lot of fun coming on the show to talk about this thing that i've been working on so long and uh we we're kind of in it right now right we're like in the thick of this uh thing and i just recorded with the guys from whiskey and watches um, you did. I know you're in my house. We, we recorded from your, <laughs> from your office. Uh, I went down to the notice intersect event this weekend. I met, uh, Patrick Bremer, Bremer for the first time. I oh, met, fun. um, I, I met Ben from the Imperial watch company, which is a super neat new group. I met Steve Laughlin who I've been trying to meet for years. Um, he's lighting up in his DMS and he's uh, been just denying <laughs> denying i think i've broken through that wall um and so you know it was it's just like it, we're kind of on right now you know and so there's been a lot of of go 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 but also it, it's cool to be really like deep into this other side of the industry uh it's been different it's been fun i'm excited about it but it's it's also exhausting man i'm fucking exhausted well um, yeah you're 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 holding down Two full-time jobs and a part-time job. <laughs> and also, by the way, you're married and have kids. Turns out. Uh, so all that to say, all that to say, Andrew, this this thing that we just did feels so comfortable and safe and happy to me. Like, this is like... Uh, I don't like the way you phrase that at all. Oh, oh I hope it didn't feel like an insult or anything. No, I'm, no, no. I, like I, just, feel, I felt really uncomfortable by the terminology. Oh, well, all all I mean to say was this feels like a really like relaxed and good place to be. So I'm happy to be here. Happy to be doing this. It's like a night. It's almost like a deep breath. I feel yucky. It's like when you when you like are in a hotel for two weeks and you come home and you sleep in your bed for the first time. It's like, ah, yes, this is what I wanted. Okay. Yeah. How are you, Andrew? I am am great i don't know why i'm great everything's just good right now got a I bunch of yard work done today watched some good tv everyone's being like normal human people in my house because when you have kids you know that you go through these like periods where you have a Faces. bunch of fucking aliens in your house <laughs> and then occasionally you get these couple day periods where it's like oh these are humans and they're behaving as such. I've had that going on for the last couple of days. And I'm feeling good. Bum. Bum bum. No? Okay. Nope. But yeah, good. Other than that, I'm like, I slept a weird amount. Like I'm, I kind of accidentally fucked up my sleep sleep schedule this weekend. By sleeping too much? Uh by sleeping at the wrong times. Oh yeah, that can happen. Yesterday I put the kids to bed at uh you know, they're normal like between like the 
the two-year-old goes to bed about seven. Seven-year-old about seven thirty-eight is when we're like into that bed zone, and I fell asleep at eight o'clock. Oh, it's too early. Way too early because I woke up at midnight and I was like, "Oh, it's a good night of sleep." And I woke up and I looked at my watch and I was like, "Oh, this is bad." <laughs> yeah, it's too early. This is not great. And I was up to like three, and that's kind of the the nightmare of working an overnight. Like my normal sleep schedule is during the day, so when I sleep at night, it's just kind of weird. But that meant that I slept from midnight or from eight to midnight. And then from three to seven, and I took a little nap today too. Good. So I've had like all kinds of sleep in yeah, weird yeah. increments. You're we'll well s- rested. We'll see how tonight goes. You'll be fine. I hope I can get to sleep in about two hours. You'll be fine. You're 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 a resilient dude. I'm a I'm a durable guy, and if I don't sleep, I'm fine. And if I do sleep, I'm better. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you work tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're gonna be tomorrow. fine. So you're to- gonna be fine. And, but also tomorrow's nap day. Oh, I see. So tomorrow, noon to four. Lights out. You're gonna you're gonna catch everything's up. everything's good. Yeah, I think over the last two days, I'll have I'll have done a good sleep catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not conducive to being a a day walker. The, the, yeah, and you are a day walker. Yeah. Other than that, I'm good. Night walker. You're a night walker. Yeah. Yeah. Genetically day walker though. It's a weird <laughs> juxtaposition. <laughs> well, good. Here yeah. we are. We're recording an episode of Forty and Twenty. And we are the Watch Clicker podcast. And and we have some things to talk about because we haven't really talked since before wind up. That's true. Right? We've been busy. We had wind up. We had post wind up. We had uh Abingdon. We had Abingdon. Yeah. And then we had another brand that's kind of like meh. We'll see how it goes. It's kind of one of those like flyers. Uh but now here we are. So we're like four weeks post wind up four weeks since we've just sat down at the mic without much to say there's a couple things that i know we want to talk about okay number one the rumors are true i did make an acquisition yeah a big acquisition quite the biggest acquisition in the history of 40 and 20 indeed in the way of a Car tire? Car tire? Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Santos. It's Santos. Oh. Santos. <laughs> car tire. It's the, <laughs> the car tire. Santos. So, yes, I did um, make a Cartier Santos acquisition. Woo-wee! And I am smitten. Mm-hmm. As you should be. Totally and completely comfortable with the amount of money that was spent and what I got in return. So we had a pretty, like, a, a run-and-gun experience at Windup. There, there wasn't really downtime, right? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. not that, it's not that everything was scheduled, but it's that we were just constantly going. Go, go, go. We would... We woke up on day one and started, right? We got there Friday morning, very early. Yeah. What is most for most people Thursday night? Pizza. Pizza. Bed. bed. Woke up. And then we just hit it. 
right? We got food, we met with people, we went to wind up, and then we were with people for the rest of the night, right? We were with friends, we were catching up, we were building, like, it, it wasn't obligatory by any means, but it certainly did not feel... What, what were we building? When you said that, I had a feeling you were going to say building forts, but we didn't. Friendships, like in relationships. And we're like with God. these with these people who we know... We were building forts? No, we, we didn't, but Andrew. We did. You're lying. Um, <laughs> guys, we didn't sleep in our two twin beds. We slept betwixt <laughs> them um, in the fort that we built. But we're, we're with all of these people that we're trying to catch up with. And then we would stumble back to our hotel room and fall asleep and we woke up and we did exactly the same thing run it back so there wasn't a lot there wasn't any unallocated time this is not a a lamentation right i'm not complaining about our weekend it was just busy it was constant but we were really deliberate in carving out some time to go to the Cartier Mansion, which was so cool. Because number one, this is a mansion. This is a place that people lived. It was once a residence. Right. And I can't even imagine it as a, as a residence. It was beautiful. Should you ever find yourself with some unallocated time in New York City, just drop by the Cartier Mansion. The service was what you'd expect of a luxury good boutique. I'm sure it's probably better if you're there like with a scheduled appointment and you're looking for something deliberate. Yeah, don't walk in off the street with six knuckleheads. No, don't do that. But we while we were there, we went we, we just kind of wandered the mansion. And we were up on like the fourth floor, I believe. I think that's right. And which was with their one of their jewelry floors. And there were these two people sitting with one of their sales associates. I would imagine they probably called them sales executives. Talking about seems reasonable. Uh bridal jewelry. And they were discussing the ins and outs of their wedding set and stuff. And I, 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 just, I watched them for a few minutes, just listening to their conversation. I was like, what world do you fucking live in that you're at the Cartier Mansion shopping for your bridal set and your, your groom's jewelry and gifts? Like, who are these people that I'm looking at? Because you're not famous, but damn you rich. It was a cool experience. It was just, it was cool to be there. It was cool to be in this place. I, and, you know, I, and we weren't like shirked off by the sales folks either. Not at they all. were no. like, they were very attentive and they were very reasonable and they did all the things to give you that experience. Um, it was, it was pretty clear to me that she sniffed out right away that she wasn't dealing with like a normal person off the street, nor was she dealing with like a Cartier person who had happened to find themselves there. So it was clear she knew she wasn't making a sale. Right. But she was still there for it and, and engaged with the process, which is cool. Um, and then, I'll, uh, you know, I, I went by another avenue to, to make the acquisition. <laughs> uh, and I couldn't be happier. 
this thing only comes off my wrist because it has to. Because I'm not comfortable wearing this to work. Yeah, sure. In, in my, you know, my night job. I would love to hear the story about you like beating someone up in this watch, though. So. I'd love to tell that story, but it doesn't exist yet. It might. <clears throat> we'll see. We're just going <laughs> to give it some time. Well, Andrew, with that in mind, we've been talking about watches, specifically a watch. A watch. Although we 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 still at some point need to hear more about your wear experience. But tonight, tonight we're going to talk about all of the things. All the things, because there's been a lot happening in the last five weeks. There have been things that have been happening. And so I'd like for us to dive right in. We're going to round it up. We're rounding it up, and I'm going to talk about. I'm going to. I'm going to kick us off. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. I'm going to kick us off with the probably most talked about watch in our space this week, which is the Worn and Wound Timex collaboration. WW75 is what they're referring to this as. Uh, Worn and Wound and Timex did a did a did a a, a collab, and it's dope. I was kind of taken by this because Warner Wound has done a lot of collaborations. A ton. That's kind of how that's one of the ways they make their income. Timex has done a lot of collaborations but this one's different. Yeah. And it's different in I think a lot of really important ways. And the first and most important way for me that it isn't a collab we're air quoting collab sure watch it doesn't seem novel. It seems like it's been here forever. Yeah. And I dug that. First time I saw it, I was like, ooh, I know that. But it's new. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this is not, I mean, this is this looks like an old watch, right? It's it's this cushion <clears throat> case. Uh the there's two dial colors. There's sort of like a teal with an off white. And then there's like a black dial with sort of a, like a green, a muted green chapter. They're both what I would call sector dials. Although I don't know if this is actually a sector dial, but they've got mm. this really pronounced difference between the outer track and the inner track waffle on the inside. The, the teal being pretty straightforward and the black, like what the fuck? With like red and orange loom in the hands. I mean, these watches are both pretty radical. Super accessible at 200 bucks and just like joyful. These are joyful watches. Tiny. Manual wound seagull movement. Yeah, what, 36s? I think 37. So not tiny, but pretty small. 50 meters of water resistance. Um, pretty pretty accessible lug to lug, 43 millimeters. These are cool, man. Acrylic crystals. I think they made 500 per color. I think these things Which are Which seems really small, and I wonder how they get Timex to agree to such a small run. Because Timex deals in volume. And for Timex to do such a small run of something is is a big ask. Yeah. yeah. Timex wants to make 10,000 and sell 9,800. 
to sell, you know, 600. A thousand watches. Right? Yeah, is, is, is something. You know, as far as I can tell, these are still available too, which kind of surprises me. I thought these would be kind of insta-sells, but they're still available as of when we're recording on Tuesday. Um, dude, I really like these watches, man. I like that black and green waffle. Yeah, I think the I think the black and green is nice because all of the colors are unexpected. It looks really it looks really straightforward and then you get into it and you're like, "Ooh." It's kind of tactical and then as you as you dive more into it, it becomes less tactical. Yeah. And and more just like, "Oh, this is a nice palette. This is cool." The teal is is I mean It's like somewhere between teal and Tiffany. <laughs> yeah right with just yes. like a little bit of a cream outer ring i'd I'm, say it's I, a nice blue yeah it's it's okay yeah <laughs> which is how i describe the bb58 blue so you know it's pretty okay pretty okay it's kind of kind of reminiscent of like fairer 70s 80s design with approachable yet bold colors you know, and, and they've done the thing here where they've sort of said, this, this is a watch for being cool. It's not a spec watch. This is a watch for looking good, feeling good, which I love. You'd look good in it naked. I can guarantee that. I would. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's a more than one collaboration. You know it's going to be pretty okay. So that's what I got. That's my first watch. What do you got, Andrew? I want to talk about my first watch. So also while at... Well, we weren't at wind-up. We were at watch time. I got to try on the Bell & Ross BR-05. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever been so surprised by how much I like to watch. You, you know, Andrew, this is interesting because I don't know if you remember, but last year when I went to watch time, mm-hmm. I came back and I said something to the effect of, I don't remember being so impressed by a watch that I didn't expect to be impressed by. Yeah. And I knew I was going to like it, right? I knew it was going to be pretty okay. Because it's lovely. It's mm-hmm. iconic. It's luxury, right? It's it. There, There's not going to be anything wrong with it. Yeah. But I'm, I didn't expect to still like it. I, I expected it to be perfectly medium on the thing. And I put on the O5. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. It is almost exactly the same way I felt when I put on a Santos for the first time. Yeah. And that is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> for a lot of reasons. For 4,600 reasons. Sure. It's problematic. But there's something, and, and, and we're not, this isn't a hot take, right? Maybe we're the ones who are not hip to this. The number one, the Bell and Ross website. On mobile is butts. Oh, yeah, not good. And not in a good way. It's like butts uncleansed in your face, 
the user interface is not great. But we've got the BRX5 line. Yes, yeah, so this was released a few a few weeks ago, so this is yes. not exactly a new drop. But I I think since since we're talking about this, it, it it makes sense to kind of dive into it. And I kind of implored you, and you you yeah. not yeah, not reluctantly uh, agreed. Um, this is a watch that from the top down kind of looks a lot like the BRO five, but it's actually significantly different. It is, it, it's a tricked out O five, is what it is. It is. It took the 05, all the good parts, kept them, and then sported it out into the X5 line. Yeah, really. I mean, I mean, and maybe even a little bit more than that, Andrew, because I think that that's, that's a fair analysis, but it really sort of like broke it down from zero and, and restarted again with a watch that at first glance looks the same but is entirely different. So mm-hmm. I'll accept uh, that as an assessment. You, you know, not not really a one-piece case. is a multi-dimensional, like, very complicated case. Yeah, it's what, 30 parts in the case? A totally different movement. You, you know, Bell & Ross now working with Kinesi, so I think they call this the Bell & Ross caliber, you know, whatever. But but it's a Kinesi movement. Um, Kinesi is kind of the, the Ibache du jour. Yeah, it's uh, the thing. Um. Yeah. Th- this is a really cool watch. I th- I think it's a really cool iteration, as as you like to say, of this of this model. That Bell and Ross is doing things, man. I dig it. it. They're they're sort of leaning into what can be done, which is interesting for a brand position like Bell and Ross, where where they don't they don't really need to, right? They're they're well positioned to just maintain the status quo. And I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by their desire to be innovators. Sure. Because that's a cool place in the market to be innovating. And that like four to $10,000 range, which is sort of like a static place. Yeah. Right. Like, like high it, grade range. I'd, I'd even call that like, like, low to mid grade and that four to 10 zone, I th- right? I Cause North mid- of 10, you're starting to get into like really, really custom, really, really handmade. Yeah. But in, for, for a brand like Bell and Ross, who's still working in generally mass produced, generally manufactured components to be innovating and changing things up. That's, that's an intriguing position to take right now yeah well and because you're not getting handmade shit here you're not getting you're not getting like sven with a file and a loop on his eye filing things you're still (laughs) getting things out of a cnc machine you're getting you're 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 almost certainly getting sven with a loop filing and doing touch-ups but you're not getting him actually yeah. milling the part out on his table wearing his finger condoms of a neural loop. You're just not getting that out of a company like this. Yeah. You're getting the same... You're getting something cool and something great. And for them to be like really leaning into innovation is cool. Because you're not seeing that in that segment. 
generally, yeah. right? I mean, there's some, but but for the most part, you're not seeing new stuff. And I, I'm I'm here for it. You you know, the one thing I wish they'd do is is thin this thing down a little bit. I think they're still a little chunky. Um, I don't know that they will because I think that's that's the the aesthetic they want out of that line. We'll, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, I, I think you're right though, Andrew. But trying it on, I was I was like sorely happily disappointed. It, it <laughs> I does was so bummed how much I liked it. It does this thing that it's like, oh yeah, I might want to have this. Watch. It's because it's it's because of that really short lug to lug. Yeah. Relative to the to the case size, I was I was bummed, and even with terrible people at the counter, right? A lot of these brands at, at watch time had, you know, the watchmaker. They had people who were intimate with the watch or watches that were there. Bell and Ross did not. Yeah, I'll say last year the staffing at the Bell and Ross table was really good. In fact. It was part of the reason that I had so much fun at that table, and this year, and this year, it was not as meaningful. At, at least when we were there, and, and that yeah. might not have been the case the whole weekend. We were maybe there on lunch break, but uh, while we were there, it was clearly just people from uh, who who were not Americans, but it was clearly people who were from, like maybe they're like, I can't even guess. They weren't a uh, U.S. based. They weren't a New York based AD staff, but they also were not uh, people intimate with the watches. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, n- not to move us along, but we should move it along. Yeah, we should. I've we got, got a, a another brand that I think is leaning into really cool shit, and um, I'd like to talk about Yamaha, which is a French brand. Ooh. I think we've talked about Yamaha on the show before, but I think we've talked about Yamaha uh, in context of their various sort of failings in terms of QC and basic manufacturing standards. And doing weird shit and like just kind of some being somewhere between a fashion brand and a not brand. This is not to talk shit on other brands, right? I'm not, this isn't a, no, I mean, it is. I have considered Yemma <laughs> to be like Jack Mason, to be like other brands of that ilk, to be kind of aviate, to be kind of spinnaker, like not exactly in the world, but not exactly out of the world, having a bit of an identity crisis between do I want to be cool in the watch world or do I want to be cool to the greater market? And and that's a bit of an identity crisis that's hard to yeah that's hard to figure out and hard to balance and that reconciliation came yeah i think it did i th- i think it, i think it it did or it has or it is um but the story here is yama has re- released uh well perhaps not released is the right word they have announced a Kickstarter. This is a whole other. This is a whole other subject. I think we skip it for tonight, Andrew. Yeah, we move can you, on. Can you agree? We move past that. Okay, because Jesus Christ. But Yemma has released via Kickstarter a new version of of not a new watch. So this is what they have called the Wrist Master Traveler, and which they will continue to call the Wrist Master Traveler. So this is a, an iterate iteration of an existing watch in their line. But 
the money here is in the movement. So Yema has developed a mic, an in-house micro rotor automatic movement in their new Wristmaster Traveler. So they're calling this the Yema Caliber CMM20. I believe there may be a different way to combine those letters and numbers that people are, are using. That's what I'm going to call this, the CMM20. and and they're leaning into this right they're leaning into the watchmaking aspects um i've seen a couple pictures of this movement and and i I think that they're working on refining the movement to make it more beautiful but these movements it kind of looks like mario to me like what mario oh yeah interesting right i mean it's like strange color choices with a really minty green purple yeah not a minty green purple minty green comma purple and then a silver micro rotor and so we are seeing something that i don't think i've seen before but they're making movements whose plates uh are and bridges are color matched to a dial which is which is very cool I like it. It, it sort of gets them away from like Geneva striping or high polish or whatever on the movement. Gives them a little bit of, of latitude to <clears throat> make this movement attractive and interesting without being hyper expensive finishing. Don't PVD um, it. The micro rotor is sufficient. But here, he, th- look, we got to talk about the most important part. This movement, I think, is 3.4 millimeters thick which has allowed them to take the Wristmaster Traveler, which was already a nice, attractive, thin watch at 12 millimeters, and get it down to 9.4 millimeters. I do not care what you think about this watch. I The, the, the general aesthetics. I do not care what you think about Kickstarter. I do not care what you think about any of the rest of the bullshit. This is doing something yeah they have done something so this watch uh i don't have this the 70 the f- hour power reserve minus three to plus seven almost cost on a micro rotor that's being done in-house oddly colored aside this is 9.2 excuse me something yeah it's something this is terrific l- l- look I- i'm 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 here for this man uh, I am a new convert to the thin watch game, and I gotta say, man, I think that this watch is really compelling. So, Kickstarter price, I think, is like roughly fifteen hundred, and I think their expected retail on this is three thousand. So, this may be uh, an opportunity. I'm speed; those are euros. So, so fifteen hundred euros on Kickstarter, three thousand. Uh, for retail price, which right now We're about one to one is about one to one, but um, man, I'm I'm here for this for Honestly, the movement Andrew, alone, right? That's yeah. the, the Kickstarter price is almost it, <laughs> at fifteen hundred bucks. This like, is less than the price of a Monta. Yeah, I mean th- this this is maybe the best use of Kickstarter for the consumer that we've seen. 
look, I, I've heard some I've heard some arguments both ways on this. And, and again, I think it's best for us to maybe move on from that because I don't think we get anywhere on it. But I'm cool with it. Yeah. Like, look, we need this capital to have made this thing happen. We need to produce these movements. I'm cool with it. And and if you want to buy in, you're going to get a terrific deal. I think that there's there's some sense there. Yeah, and w- which is unlike I'm, a lot of Kickstarter campaigns, and this we're um, we're not approving of Yema doing this, by the way. No, the, but it's but it's from a, a consumer position. Yeah, for it this Kickstarter campaign within the context of other Kickstarter brands, maybe we make an entire episode of it. Just are waxing poetically on <laughs> on Kickstarter. Because uh, we've talked about Kickstarter and other crowdfunding ad nauseum. Yeah. We've, we have had episodes almost entirely dedicated to it. This one's interesting because it's a little bit different. It's not a dude bringing to market a new thing and saying, hey, I can't. I'm not ready to put the capital forward or I don't have the capital to do it. And this is an established brand who maybe should move away from this, but they're also saying, Hey, we have this thing that is awesome. And if you help us fund it, you're going to get a great discount. It's also very awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a confusing proposition for me and I don't know how I feel, but, but it's good enough to be like, I'm intrigued. It's awesome. I'm a little ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, I don't know. It's problematic. Yeah. Can we, can, can, <clears throat> I, I'm considering, look, if you want my King Seiko, got a King Seiko, charcoal dial. If you want my King Seiko, reach out to me. I'll make you a good deal. And I will use those funds to get on this Kickstarter. I'm just telling you right now, reach out to me. Make me a reasonable offer. Don't don't fucking lowball me. I got the box of the papers. I haven't worn it a ton. I've worn it a ton. I've also licked it. it that might be a plus. Andrew yeah. put his feet on it. If you need if you need fit, feet pictures with it, we can make that happen. If you want my King Soko, King Seiko, uh, King. We just we just make me the- make me a not terrible offer, and I I will I will guarantee you. I will take all of those funds and put it towards this Kickstarter. I think we invented a porn genre <laughs> just now. <laughs> and they're, they're, this could be pretty lucrative. Here we go. Here we go. Watch out for it. <laughs> Can we talk about something very different? Will you do it? Can we just wait, so fucking talk about we're, it? We're in the innovation conversation right now. Yeah, we are. And... We're not the first to talk about this because we've been busy. We've been busy, man. We've, I've been busy. You've been busy. You got a Cartier. But we were among the first to see it. Okay. Oh, shit. I know what you're doing. So let me set the stage for you. <laughs> uh, What's the name of the building? I don't know. I, what, what building are you talking about? And wind up. Oh, man. The... uh. Doesn't matter. Yeah. We're at some building that has a name. Has everything in New York has a name? <laughs> like, it, unlike anywhere else you ever were, it's like, oh, it's this building or that building or this building. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who the fuck? Just give me the address. Yeah, that's right. 
That's right. Um, Altman Building. Altman Building. And it's also a totally insignificant building on a weird random street with a pay-to park across the street. Yeah. Yeah. So we're at the Altman. As 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 you do. And I see Mike with Everett. Everett's texting me right now. Don't tell them. Doesn't they'll know what I said. No, he's texting me dick pics. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we see Mike. I'm like, Mike, it's super good to meet you in person. And and Mike is more charming in person than he is over Zoom. And then you then you would ever expect him to be. I would expect Mike to be like as as charming as as he's been, to be just a little busy, right? Like not quite ready to devote his time to interacting with us. Because there's more important people. We're not important. Disagree. Holy. You meet Mike in person. Mike just to be Mike clear, France. M- Mike France, yes. Of Christopher Ward. And he gives you a super affectionate handshake, real interaction. And we're chatting with him a little bit. And he says, hey, I have something to show you. (laughs) No cameras. And I was like. As he opens up his trench coat. And I was like, should we do this here in front of everyone? (laughs) And he pulls out this black leather watch roll. And he opens it up. And he shows us something that I'm not really prepared to take in. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you're looking at when you see it. I didn't know. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I, he showed it to me and I was like, mm, okay. I was like, what? What? The, what? But then it comes. The chime. And, and you know, unfortunately, when you're with Mike France, he is busier than I am. Not true. Not true. No, Nobody, he is. Nobody's busier than you. No, that's that. No, he's busier than me. <laughs> and we have to part ways. And I was like, what did I just see? Yeah. And you come back and you get to talk to other folks at the team and you get introduced to the C1 Bell Canto. And I got to talk to Mike about it, and I got to talk to Jorg about it. And those are the only folks with Christopher Ward that I talked to about it. Did you talk to anyone else? Nope. I mean, those are, those are really the guys, right? It's Mike and, and Jorg. Right, but there, there were a couple other people there sure. who were involved with the process, sure. and I, I only talked to Mike and Jorg. And Mike, being Mike, did his super polished presentation on it. Yeah. And Jorg... Gave us the like in the trenches, loathing and absolute adoration of this watch. This thing is one of the most special watches to come out of this segment, I think, ever. Yeah. I think you're right. This is a, like a pivotal moment in what affordable and accessible watches can achieve. And I, 
I say that because the, the repeater movement, the chiming action has otherwise been only of extraordinary luxury because it's totally superfluous. Yeah. Did I say that word right? I think so. I'm not sure I've ever used it because I'm not really confident with its enunciations. That's the only word that's appropriate for a chiming watch. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a lot of function in it. But there's also a lot of function in a bell tower, and I don't know of many of those that remain. This thing is cool. And when I talked to Jorg about it, he, he described to me the, the work process of designing this movement and, and the, the struggle that it was to not create it from scratch, right? Because this thing already exists, but to make it their own, right? The months that went in to just sourcing and shaping materials to create the chime tone that they wanted, which is so hard to describe, right? It's so visceral. What is, what chime do I like? Can can I back us up a little bit, Andrew? Please. So you and I have known Mike France for a while now, and we've had a chance to talk to Mike a lot. Um, And last March, I got invited to... Mike actually invited me to join him for coffee. He said, hey, before we get going this week, I'd love to just sit down, um, have a coffee and just and just talk. No, no microphones or anything. I'd just like to get to know you, which was like really kind of humbling. And so Frank and I actually that was the first time I met Frank. Frank and I sat. That's an interesting meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Frank and I sat down with Mike France and and Jorg, Jorg. So I don't know what Jorg's position title is, but I think he's the um, chief of production designer or something at Christopher Ward. Chief um, alchemist. That's right. So it, it quickly became apparent to me that these guys are the dudes at Christopher Ward, right? So I, I knew all along that Mike was kind of the, the big brand vision guy and and then you know meeting meeting Jorg and having a chance to meet with him like oh well Jorg is the guy who's got vision and it's just a bundle of energy just untethered untamed ideas energy and momentum he's not a big guy he's like he's tiny he's, he's smaller tiny. than me i'm not a big guy i'd say i'd say Jorg is probably 5657 ish ish and he's very swiss super and he's a little bit irreverent and he's dismissive of things yeah. and, and and also excited about things but he's he's not one to to pull punches um he's just and, and he's he'll like criticize his own products yes and uh he's this really exciting Self-loathing, guy self-loathing beautiful guy <laughs> And so meeting meeting Jorg was really a, a fun experience for me. But I, I think it's important to note that Jorg is Jorg Bader. Uh, he's this fellow who really um, wants to to make cool things, 
right? Like uh, he's less interested in making money than he is in making things that he wants to make. I want to make cool things. And so um, in showing me this watch, I think Jorg was for the first time that I've ever talked to him. So, so now that was March and now I've talked to York a lot and, and I feel like he's, I'm, I'm like very familiar with him and close to him. And that was the first time I ever saw York like want to try to explain to me why one of their watches was astounding. And, um, you, you know, we talked a little bit. He, he was like, look, the things we've done here are, from a horology standpoint, incredible. Like we've done really credible things here. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say this, but whatever, I'll just say it. He was talking to me about, you know, component costs. So there's a spring in this Belcanto. You shouldn't talk about that. And he was just talking to me about the finishing costs on the spring, like, like excited, like we've done this, but, but here's what you need to know. This costs a lot of money. There's the one to do what we're doing. This costs a lot of money to do what we're doing. And, and Mike, let me do it. Right. That was the, yeah, (laughs) that was the, the punchline. And, um, you could just tell he's excited about this watch in a way that I haven't seen him excited about other watches. Uh, this is a watchmaker's watch. The things they've done here, uh, so I, I think that they've sort of described this as an evolution of the C60, but this is something different. It's not an evolution of the C60. Uh, and, and there's something else going on here. Uh, so these are all sold out. I think the green's <clears throat> coming out next. And so there will be more of these. You can get on the list. They'll make more. But but mm-hmm. look, you, you might have a hard time getting these. But at like whatever. What was this? 3,300? 30, 3,200? Between 3,000 and 3,500. This is hold horology. This is accessible hold horology, you guys. Yeah. You, it, you, you, yeah, this doesn't exist. When when I talked to them about using, like how they chose materials, because there's not th- th- this is unlike anywhere else in the watch world where there's a playbook. It has to be designed right there in house, right? Your tonal qualities, the 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 shape of your case as a resonating chamber for the tone of the hammer striking the spring. This is all, all designed. There's not a single component in this watch that isn't intentional. Up to and including that <laughs> it's a subdial that tells the time. Right, you, the actual time telling is done on a subdial. Yeah, right. Which, which is like, if if you want to choose a critique, this isn't a time telling watch. This is just a cool fucking watch that alerts you to the time. You don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> this was the highlight of wind up for me. It, it's a really great watch. Was getting to see this and getting to hear the story behind it, the see the emotion of the people who made it happen, right? We've talked to a lot of brand owners. We've talked to a lot of people who invested a lot of time and energy 
and money out of their pocket to make a watch. I've not seen this level of energy from a brand talking about a watch. It was super cool. And this is a really cool watch that changes the landscape of the affordable market. I think. I'm into it. Andrew, can we quickly talk about some of the stuff that's appeared on our own website here in the last few weeks? I think we need to. I'd like to first bring up a review. This is actually a YouTube review, and it was made by Frank Affronti. Who's the man? Who's the man? The dude. Uh, Frank is our newest partner. So uh, newest, newest, newest partner and creative director at Watch Clicker. Frank Affronti's come in. He's coming in hard. He is coming in hot. He's making us work harder. Yeah. He like showed up. He's like, hey, guys, you guys are fucking it up. Let's you're, do this, that, and the other not, thing. And I'm like, hey, Frank, I sort of like the status quo. <laughs> you're not doing enough. So uh, Frank did a review on the Christopher Ward C60 Trident, the new Pro 300. Um, and, and he did this review as part of a vacation he was already taking. Which also seemed to be a little bit watch driven. Frank is an interesting guy. For the record, his honeymoon was also used to film this review. That's right. Yeah, so YouTube review, and it's about a 15-minute review, which I think is a, a, a pretty long review, but sitting and watching this thing, totally transfixed, and not just at Frank's just excellent Adonis body. Yeah, but... Uh, but also at filmography and and his and his really lovely description of this watch. Andrew, have you have you checked out the video? I have watched it on mute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this is one of the better videos that we've. You, you know, we're we're huge fans of Will's photography, obviously, which is you, you know really the basis of our approaching Watch Clicker to make this marriage. Um, Frank, I think, brings a different dynamic to what we're doing. He rounds us out. He he fully rounds out the team. His filmography is terrific. And, and for those of you unfamiliar with Frank, he's also a phenomenal adventure videographer. Yeah. Not just in taking good videos, but taking good videos in weird environments, like underwater He's a diver. He's an outdoor enthusiast. He's far more active than any of the rest of us. So all the cool shit you're going to see, like like cool outdoor shit you're going to see is, is coming from Frank. He's also way better looking than the rest of us. Combined even. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's definitely <clears throat> the sexiest uh, watch clicker partner at this point. Uh, moving on, another sexy fella uh, writing. I'm going to tease something. Okay, tease. There is some next-level cool shit coming from Frank in the future. Stay tuned for Frank's videos because his diving videos have kind of only just scratched the surface thus far. Okay, next. Do it. Another writer from the Watch Cooker staff. Furry Wrist Abroad, 
our man, uh, he got a chance to do a review of a different item, something we don't normally do. This is the temporal goods. Temporal? Tem- yeah, I think temporal. Temporal goods. Uh, this is a hard case. They call it the rigid watch case. This is a travel case. Um, I think this thing's pretty cool. Have you checked this thing out? I haven't read the review yet. He was one of my most fun meets yeah. at Wind Up. Yeah, same for me. Everyone that like I looked forward to meeting, I was like, oh, I met you. You're awesome. You're exactly who I hoped you'd be. Meeting the furry wrist. I was like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> Let's move in together. Let's be roommates, dude. Let's be roommates. So furry's got a, a first, you, you meet this guy. He's, he is furry. Let's just very. Yeah. Uh, but he's got this fantastic voice. Uh, yes. And he's just in, like, you, you meet him and you're like, all right, I want to kick it with you. Yeah. I want to kick it, it with You're you. immediately taken aback by how, how disarming he is. Like there's, there's no insecurity in interacting with him. You're just totally comfortable with the guy right away. So he got a chance to review this rigid case from Temporal Goods. Now, I, I, I just, I'm just going to clear the air here. This is a fucking outrageously expensive single watch travel case made of carbon fiber with an AirTag placement opportunity so this is uh this is a luxury good right it's when you're traveling uh, with a couple thousand dollars in <laughs> watches um but it's pretty neat it's pretty neat so uh water resistant air tags coming out of canada from temporal goods i think this is a lot of fun and and if you if you care to read about it the review is really good. You can decide on whether or not you want it or not. But you should check out that review. For a rigid case with an insert foreign air tag, 350 bucks is pretty reasonable. Like when that when, for whatever reason you have to put your very like more than $350 watch in your carry-on luggage. That's a reasonable price. And I think finally, we've got a review from Will that came up. This is actually came up on the 2nd of November. So this has been a couple weeks now, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. Will, the watch clicker, as daddy. it were, daddy, uh, got an opportunity to review a new watch from a new company called the Trafford Watch Company. Uh, and... I think this thing is pretty great. So this is different than a lot of the watches that come through. But in, so so it's a Texas-based brand, uh, but similar and familiar and comfortable in a way that I kind of that that, that kind of made me feel a little excited. So this is a thirty-six millimeter, but it's TV dial. So I think it's going to wear much more like a thirty-eight or a forty millimeter watch mm-hmm. from Trafford Watch Company. Andrew, have you checked out the review? Have you checked out the watch? What are your thoughts, good or bad? I've I've checked out the review and the watch. I'd like to see it in person. It has very brew feel. It has very like sixties design aesthetics, and and I think, I mean, just based on their proximity to brew, 
I think this one's going to be a winner. You you mean aesthetic proximity? Yeah, and and, and not just the aesthetics, but in true case shape. Sure. Right. This is a case shape that we all in this space are familiar with at this point. This yeah. isn't a novelty case shape anymore. Yeah. Would you call this a TV dial? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Man, I, I, I'm intrigued by it. I'd like to handle one in person. Yeah, these are good. So I, I'm going to say the first thing. So when I saw this, I thought, oh, this has a fairer look to it. Oh, yeah. Well, the color is kind of down with it. And I'm going to I'm going to drop a, a hot take TM phrase. Ready for it? Sure. We've got sport watches. We've got dress watches. This is a rec watch. Rec watch. This is a recreational watch. Shit. This isn't a go anywhere, do anything. This is a t-shirt and jeans watch. T-shirt and jeans watch. This isn't the high speed. Watch. This isn't low drag. This is just a cool watch that can go with you when you're doing normal human person things, not going anywhere, doing anything. I'm not diving with sharks, right? That's not my jam. In fact, I probably won't even get wet. <laughs> But I'm certainly not going to put on a jacket and a collar. This is the rec watch, and it's TM'd by the watch cooker. Here it is. Andrew, I'm so glad you debuted this tonight because I think you nailed it. That That's a, that's a term that we should have debuted a long time ago, and you nailed it. It just happened right here. The, you happened. You heard it live. You heard, <laughs> the rec watch. This is it. Fuck it. We did it live. This is a rec watch, and it. I'm here for it, right? I'm here for the color scheme. I, I have always really loved Ferrer's colors, right? Seeing them in person, I have to say, they're not quite as vibrant as I was hoping for in person, which is maybe like a me problem, right? I had this hyped up sure. view of what these colors were going to be because I get to see them in these perfect photographs. Their colors are phenomenal, and I loved them. They didn't quite live up to their photographs, which was which was interesting, right? It was the only, I, I wouldn't say letdown, but it was the only kind of like reality check that I had with a watch in, the, in person. Um, I imagine these are going to be similar. They're really warm. They're really vibrant. But they're not going to match their colors because colors like these lend themselves really well to photography. But this case shape, this color, this whole design aesthetic mm. is the t-shirt and jeans look. It's yeah. it. Well, and, and so I've watched. It's it's a rack watch. And and I think I think we've got an interesting proposition. Now, this is a Kickstarter watch, but it's a debut watch, so we, so we let them get away with it. We accept. 46 millimeter lug to lug, 11 millimeters of case thickness. Uh, 60 grams is the total weight on this thing, although it does not come on a bracelet, just on a leather strap. Miyota 9039, which is a fantastic movement. The Force. font's super good. The fucking handset is perfect against that, right? You'd that's expect right, like a with syringe that, handset, a, a but, skeletonized but skeletonized. Syringe. Yeah. And that's important because you'd expect with a color and font set like that, you're going to get a handset that takes itself too seriously, and you get this playful syringe skeleton handset that's just perfect full review on watch clicker link in the show notes please check it out i think it's a really cool watch 
Uh, Andrew, we, we've, we, we shared a lot of links tonight. I don't think that we've talked about them all. Anything else you're dying to talk about? No, I'm already dreading the show notes. <laughs> Other things. What do you got? Other things. So, uh, I, I love second screening. And for those of you somehow unfamiliar, it's when you have a television show on and also something on your phone. So I like finding shows that are still really enjoyable and and uh, captivating without being captivated by the show. Drink Masters. Drink Masters. Drink Masters on Netflix. It is a summation of all of your favorite cooking, baking, and otherwise culinary shows based around cocktails. And I'll tell you that it's gotten some mixed reviews. <laughs> it's mixed reviews are primarily surrounding the personalities. But let's be honest here. Who are you going to staff up for a bartending reality competition show? Who indeed? Super hipsters. Who you fucking hate. <laughs> but they make a damn good cocktail. Sure. And I have been thoroughly enjoying watching. Like I found myself transitioning from sing, from from second screening to just single screening to the television. Because just like any other cooking show or culinary based show, it's visually engaging it's interesting it's something that kind of scratches the itch that i have of like creating things within that space right right and it has been fascinating nothing groundbreaking are you finding yourself getting uh more drunk than usual as a result of having watched it nope same amount of drunk okay perfect (laughs) which is good right i'm not getting more drunk um it's captivating, like seeing these things. And that's one of the things I like about cooking shows, right? Is seeing the the innovation that, that's happening in real time in front of you within the cocktail space. Because my, my cocktail game is poor. Yeah, you think so? It is. All right. I'm, I, I think I'm you're a, being hard on yourself. No, no, I'm a pretty simple cocktail guy, right? Like my if if I'm gonna do cocktails, I'm gonna do mint juleps, I'm gonna do old fashions, I'm gonna do like if if it's like dead heat of summer and I'm doing something big, I'm gonna do like Mai Tais or something of that ilk. Like real simple, real easy. Right. This is I think you're being unnecessarily hard on yourself, but I hear what you're saying. My inclination, though, is to do something real simple and then beer, right? Because that's easy. (laughs) But what I'm learning from this is it's is it's it's sprouting my creativity in the cocktail space to be able to branch out a little bit, do something a little bit more creative. Sure. And it's also fun to watch people make cocktails. Just like it's fun to watch people cook and do cool things. Scratch the itch, you know, like, oh, what's the word? Living, um, 
vicariously. Yeah, living vicariously through their cocktail drinking. Right. I also have been uh, super impressed by the judge's ability to take but a single sip and then move yeah, on right. to the next cocktail. I'm like, sorry, we got to taste 10 others. Yeah, yeah, we can't we can't get hammered. I'm like, man, you are just as sober on the last contestant as you were on the first. It's like those folks that that taste wine and they spit it into the No, thing. you don't do that. That's wasteful. But it's it's it, there's one season available on Netflix right now. It's enjoyable. It's a perfect second screen if you're not really feeling like something heavy or really even something you have to get into because the personal drama of it, you can just totally move past that. That's a perfect real scrolling time zone. But seeing these cocktails, seeing what goes into them, I've been a little inspired. I'm sure you got something for me. I've got another thing. Do me. So I recently had all my shit stolen. You did everything in my life. Um, and that included a set of keys, right? I had my keys stolen, Andrew. And in losing my keys, I have now had to replace my keys. But one of the things that I noticed is that I didn't have a split ring. Uh, I didn't have a split ring around the house. I didn't, I, you know, you know, I went to the hardware store and I didn't find a split ring at the hardware store. I was like, well, where do people buy split rings? Like everybody has one. Everybody's keys are on a split ring. Um, and so I just Googled like split rings because I thought, well, there's got to be a good split ring you can buy. And, and frankly, I, I was like unimpressed by the offerings. However, in looking for this, I found a product by a company called Big Design. Big Design. I big Idea Design. Big Idea Design. And I don't actually know a lot about this company, but I do recognize they make some pretty neat products. This is like sort of uh, a, a generic style EDC company, but they make a product which is a split ring. And when I say a split ring, I just this is the round ring that you put your keys on. And Most people would say key ring. A key ring. It's a split ring, right? Is there? Am I using the wrong term? No, split ring is appropriate. Yeah. Most people would recognize key ring. It's a key ring. But they sell a key ring that comes on a titanium screwdriver bit. And this isn't like one you'd shove in your uh, drill or whatever, although maybe you could. But it's just a very short bit with a drill hole down the middle a hole drilled down the middle and made a titanium. And I, I saw this thing and I was like, well, is this practical? It's got a, a flathead on one side. It's got a Phillips on the other. And I was kind of like thinking about it in my head. I was like, oh, I'll try that. So I ordered this thing on Amazon. It comes two days later. I put my new keys on it and... <laughs> I instantly decide, well, what I'm going to do is go into my kitchen and test this thing to tighten up my kitchen hardware. Because that's what you do. Because that's it's all I could think to do with it. Um, and I was like, this is the shit. It's bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-S. Uh, so... 
I, I think what you may not realize when you look at this thing is that it provides, so it's just a tiny little bit. How do you make a tiny little bit? Leverage is the problem, right? Because of the way this thing sits on your key ring. It gives you great torque. It's totally functional. And so uh, I now have a screwdriver that I can carry around anywhere. Now, this isn't, this isn't a perfect fit for every, every situation. However, when you are in that situation, you're like out and about, and you're like, I just need a Phillips head screwdriver. I just need a flathead screwdriver. You're not even out and about. You're just doing normal day Whatever life. Whatever you're doing. It, it's less out and about than it is like, man, fuck, the, the knob just fell off of my desk drawer. So this thing isn't, isn't cheap, right? So 20 bucks. That's not expensive. It's not expensive, but it's also not cheap. It's a lot of money kind of for what it is. With that said, I'm so pumped about it, right? Like, it's just, it's a thing that's going to be in your pocket 90% of the time because it's on your keys and most people keep their keys in their pocket. Uh, and <laughs> I was able to tighten up all the hardware in my kitchen, uh, you know, and it was totally comfortable. There was one screw that because of the place where it was at and like because of the way you kind of have to get your whole hand in like right on the screw i wasn't able to do it so if you need you need length this isn't going to work but i was like this is such a perfect thing it's so simple it doesn't it, it, it's so simple right it's one of those things that's so simple you're like here we go this is a perfect solution to such a to such an obvious problem to 60 percent of the problems you are faced with buy a screw that's right that's right so i got one of these things i recommend you get one too i'm not getting any money i don't know anything about this company um but yeah if you look at it i mean i think this is probably a thing you could do yourself right like you could probably just drill a hole drill bits are probably hard and it might be really hard anyway i don't know yeah, if you have a drill press and a yeah. decent vice you're, yeah, you're probably gonna be able to do it but it's also perhaps more than twenty dollars of your time that that may be true so I got one of these things. I love it. I think you should go get one. It's just such a stupid thing. The way I got there was stupid. Everything was stupid. And then I got it and I was like, I'm really fucking glad I it, got this it, thing. It uses the key on your key ring as the, the friction point to hold the bit in place. And as the leverage. And as the leverage. That's yeah. right. It, it's it's using a thing that you already have to, to create a mechanical advantage. Uh, I love it. It's a super cool use of what's already in your pocket. Andrew, are we done? We've never been done. All we're right. 212 12 episodes or so episodes in, and we're still going. Here we go. We're not done. We're still here. In any event, I want to thank you folks for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. I do want you to check us out on watchclicker.com. There'll be plenty of links in the show notes to get you there. I also want you to check us out on Instagram at watchclicker and at 40 and 20 underscore watchclicker. Yeah, we had a thing happen. It, we had a thing. We'll talk about it. If you want to support what we're doing here, you can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Look, you guys, that's how we that's how we pay for the things we do. And it, and it all costs money, hosting, software, hardware, it all costs money. So if you want to support us, patreon.com slash 40 and 20, we really appreciate you. And uh, yeah, don't forget to check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.